You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Wrap-Up, where I'm joined by Aiden Moss after a brutal Raptors loss, 104-101, loss to the Milwaukee Bucks in overtime after the Raptors completed a crazy comeback in the last minute of regulation, just to once again not be able to score in overtime. Um, there was, I don't know where to start with this game, That was it was a lot happening. Maybe the most insane stat of the season, I'll just put it up here real quick, <laughs> is this field goal number. 38 of 116. Sorry, hang what? that Hang that on the rafters, you know? Oh That's what my I'm saying. god, that is <laughs> We might have to blow up the team, honestly, based on this one stat alone. And it would just be like, Raptors, 2000, whatever this area is, like 2015 to 2023. 38 of 116 from from the field um Aiden where do you want to start oh, and God, just talk for a little know. bit here first of all I'd just like to apologize my computer's died so you're you're getting me from my telephone so my you know may not be the greatest sound or display whatever but the weirdest game I possibly have ever observed as an invested fan there's been some old. good what's that and I'm old I yeah, and you're old, so. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's been some weird ass college games, but as far as NBA goes, you don't even see a, a full court press in an NBA game that often, let alone it kind of be effective. Um, that was god awful until two minutes left in the game, and I don't really know where to begin. We could start with the lack of aggression and the disinterest from the majority of the team. We can talk about where Scotty's at. We can talk about the atrocious shooting. Uh, we could talk about the complete disappearance of the entire bench. We could talk a lot about, about a lot of things. Uh, and frankly, none of it's an enjoyable experience to do so. Um, I love the positive. Battle uh -huh. till the end. That's the positive. Battle till the end. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and you know, uh, credit to those five guys. They they busted it to the very end. And I, I yeah, they, they literally benched Giannis twice and had to bring him in twice. Yeah. Um, but that but until that moment, that was one of the ugliest games I've ever seen in my life as well. So just very, very confusing experience. Yeah, no, me too. I mean the first quarter especially but all game and it came back to bite them honestly in overtime the raptors offense is just like i think nick nurse is a good coach he's a championship coach he has enough leeway for me but to be this far into a season and to still have zero idea what we're doing on offense on a game-to-game -game basis is just not okay like part of it honestly i think it all goes down to, comes down to shooting 
like where which is the part where you can't blame Nick Nurse, which is like no one's confident shooting the ball. And the last two teams have just played their bigs in a really deep drop. And it completely mucks everything up because you have to shoot them out of that drop. And guys yeah. are like, oh, gee, I've never seen disrespected like this from three. He just he can't shoot. Fred, he's getting disrespected from three. He can't shoot. Pascal stopped shooting. Scotty completely stopped shooting. Uh, Gary, who we'll talk about, is like the only one saving them offensively. But yeah, part of it is also on Nick Nurse because I just want to see them use guys in more creative ways like Scotty and and like like we saw a bit last game, Scotty setting screens and rolling to the basket. Um, the, the offense was pretty unacceptable. The defense kept them in the whole game. But yeah, yeah it was... Yeah, go ahead. I, I mean, I agree. Like, I we've talked about this on, on and on about, you know, Nick's decision to not run plays with specific intention for certain guys. And... That like not always the case. They run a lot of pin downs and double screens for Gary and OG or Freddie, whatever. But like getting guys in spaces where they're comfortable scoring, um, like like you're saying with Scott or even with OG to some degree. So that's frustrating. I mean, that being said, any of those mid mid rangers go at the beginning. Like the the psychology of this team at the beginning of the game like looked delicate to to put it nicely like they they looked rattled a little bit and they they looked like you could see kind of the confidence just not in their shots and you know the first five shots of the games i think four of them were mid-rangers one might have been a three they're not going to they're not going at the rim and they don't drop two or three of those go and then suddenly brooke lopez has to rethink his drop defense Mm -hmm. and on that note you know i i'm seeing a lot of hatred towards pascal but first of all pascal's operating with a guy bigger than him as his primary defender. And then there's nobody relieving that crowded paint by from shooting, right? So he's he has no area of operation. Uh, and and so that's all part and parcel of this too. Yeah, he's also guarding Giannis on the other end. And on like that was well, OG, it wasn't OG guarding Giannis. OG more. was in the first half, but it was more Pascal down the stretch. But point is that was pascal's honestly i would say first dud of the season and it was a dud it was a really bad game but every star gets a dud once in a while you know and you just hope that other guys can and and but a totally reasonable one too right i to some degree i mean i guess if you if if we're calling him a top 10 guy there is no excuse like you've got to figure out how to score in other ways so that's fair enough but i do think that like the fact that nobody was doing anything you know, makes it pretty easy to guard a primary guy. Yeah, I, I want to talk about this shot because it was pretty fun. Uh, and, and give some credit to Gary, who we talked about it last game, so we won't do it again. But he's becoming pretty expendable, at least if the Raptors want to keep trying to win. He's the only guy who can... Unexpendable? Inexpendable? Yes, inexpendable. Non-expendable. <laughs> he's, he's the only guy who can give them some... Like, at least right now, the way I feel, comfort-wise... Obviously, I feel comfortable when Pascal has the ball in his hand. And then second, it's not even close. It's Gary for me. And Gary's not even like a playmaker. So that just shows you how good the jump shot is. Like, that's all he relies on. But you just feel comfortable these days because the, the jump shot's just been going in so at such a high rate. And and this shot could have saved the season if they played well in OT because this was God. a really clutch shot. And I, I, I do want to talk about just like, 
I think this game broke me in terms of this season. I think I think I'm officially done with this team. Are you there or did you like their fight too much to where you want to keep keep seeing? I, I think I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not ready to throw it in yet. I'm very close. I think like it'll come down to these next four games. They get Charlotte twice. If they can beat the Knicks, like the thing is they're only half game out of the play and it's, you know, they're it their season is very salvageable. It doesn't feel very sustainable. But there are so many good moments with this team, very isolated moments, very separate, never in harmony with everybody else. But they're there. And it's just like, I feel like so much of what we're experiencing right now is is more in their minds than it is on the floor. Like, their defense tonight was excellent. They did a very good job of keeping them off of the boards as much as they could. Much better than they had with other teams who have less big guys, I thought. OG was boxing out. Like, Scotty still looks kind of disengaged, but I thought their effort was there. And in other uh, games of the past, their effort has not been there. So, you know, like, I feel like I'm like this team's floating in space and like anti-gravity has pulled apart all of their like their pieces. And if they can just get back into orbit and like pull it all together, they can become a team again. Yeah, but the part of the the effort is like they have been giving really good effort for like a week straight at least now but like they're still uh, Memphis was a good was enough. a joke. <clears throat> yeah, I guess since that game, but they're still not good enough and it's like that makes me even more discouraged cuz it's like okay, finally you're playing with a lot of effort and you still can't win games. To me it's just like something is wrong with the fit of this team and I can't even put like a clear nail on what exactly it is other than the obvious things, not a lot of rim pressure, not a lot of, you know, rim protection not a lot of shooting. There is way more talent on this team than they've been displaying, but I think it's a fit issue. And I guess when I say I'm, I, they've broken me, it's more like I'm ready for them to retool and change the look of the team more than I am ready for them to blow it up and trade all the core players. Like I, I'm still not there. I actually think Portland is a good example to follow, right? Who last year at a certain point said, you know what? This isn't working. We're going to go for a high pick, which I'm the most anti-tank guy there is, but at a certain point in a generational draft, when you're this bad, you have to look at it. You just have to. Yep. So I would take the Portland route, honestly. I would just say this team's not good enough. We did give them a chance. Like Bobby and Masai gave these guys a chance. It wasn't a very fair one, but OG and, and Fred and all these bench guys, like they squandered a chance where they should just be playing better and they're not. I don't think um, Portland's a good example because the McCollum Lillard backcourt, they ran that back at least half a dozen times. I'm just and, talking about what Portland did last offseason where they yeah, said, but, you know what, we're going to go get sharp. We're going to make some trades for to rebalance the roster but, and we're going to run it back next year. But they also did that because Lillard, I well, I mean, we have to wonder, but he, he was out for the year. Like, it was very convenient. So... Yep, I understand what you're saying, and I don't. I think there's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, and I disagree with you that I'm actually comfortable with Scotty, or the second guy, the guy I'm most comfortable with the ball in his hands is Scotty. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't love his lack of 
aggression at times and his desist, his disinterest of recent. But when he has the ball, there's so much more variety that he can uh, that can arise from him. And you saw in the fourth quarter, he's the only guy other than Pascal that can give you constant rim pressure. Yeah. Um, it's but and and I guess to to bring this all back together. I don't understand what's going on with Scotty, and is that a nurse thing? Is that a, like the 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 hierarchy of the team thing? And so, in that sense, maybe the restructuring would make sense. That like you make it very clear that Scotty is the second guy of this team. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I I do think there's something to be said about Fred and Scotty maybe not being a clean fit in terms of who has what duties, right? It sometimes seems like disjointed. And and I think tonight was a good example of like Fred obviously had a game high 28 points and like hustled his ass off and defensively was great from the get-go. But I also felt like there was moments in the game where he was selfish and the ball just did not move this game at all. And like at all. Scotty has a lot of flaws and I'm going to get into the main one. But like he really moves the ball. He's a natural playmaker, whereas Fred is a natural scorer. So that's the difference between them. And, and there's games like this where Fred plays well, but and, and to some extent he did what he had to do because nobody was even like had the confidence to shoot in this game beside him. But still, when he has the ball in his hands, it's just it looks so bad. It's so slow and ISO. Freddie or Scotty? Freddie. Yeah. The- the worst shot of the game, I, I agree with you, the first quarter mostly, zero passes. Zero. And it's just like that is fundamental to a team, period. And and that, unless your players are totally checked out, that's on the coach, 100%. But Freddie took the worst shot in the game, in my opinion. Um, they, they were like, oh, for a bazillion already. And Freddie walks into like a... 35 foot three three point shot off balance like six seconds into the shot clock like it was so bad um and so yeah i agree with you he was it the one where they said good that's a good look i was Uh, like was it (laughs) i don't know alvin alvin actually had a good second half too alvin really pulled it together he (laughs) he uh he yeah i maybe it's the pressure of richard jefferson in the building i don't know I, I just want to say it with Barnes, and I think this is why the roster needs it restructuring. It's not as simple as saying, like, okay, Fred, we're going to play you off ball, and we're going to make Scotty the guy who has the ball in his hands, at least behind Pascal. Because, or like, to your point about trusting Scotty with the ball, I, again, I like how, how much of a playmaker Scotty is and how smart he is with the ball in his hands, but he just can't dribble enough to actually be a primary yet. Like, you see the deficiencies where if he has to take a guy off the dribble or if he is in a pick and roll as a ball handler in tight spaces, like he can't do that job at all right he, now. He doesn't and need that's to, my be, problem to with be, him. but he doesn't need to like, we know that you can be a playmaker without, without that. I mean, Giannis is not a good ball handler and he's and gotten pretty good. I would disagree with that, but I wouldn't say Scotty's that much worse than Giannis. And like, I he, he's not as long or as big, wrong. but I think Scott is a way worse ball handler than Giannis. And, like, not that he can't get better. Like, Giannis and Pascal, these are guys who came into the league without those skills. But, like, they just worked on it relentlessly. And now those guys get to their spots. And I think they're both good ball handlers now. And I just, yeah, I don't think 
Scotty is good enough to to really give him those reps. And you you see it like he always turns his body to the side as soon as he runs into someone and tries to drop a dribble handoff because he's not comfortable actually going around people. Yeah, um, but I, I think that's I think... all about the dribble. But he, I think he can be a playmaker without having to dribble. And, and you know, yeah, you need to surround – that means you need to yes. surround him by more dynamic guards. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Freddie could be that. If you put him in the Draymond role, just, right? The exactly. The Draymond role. That's Ben there. Simmons that's role, true. yeah. like. But that and, requires a restructuring of everything. Because the post-up well, team, that, right? That yeah. or Freddie doesn't need to have the ball all the time. But, yeah. But I also, mean, they, like, been, I don't know. You need ahead. shooters for that. You need movement shooters for that. The yeah. roster I think isn't tailored for that right now. This all comes down to shooting. I mean, yeah, like, I I, it, it probably always does. But if this team hits, like, I don't know, a third more three-pointers, we're, we win most of these games. Like, we're, yeah. we're, we're that close. We're, we got blown out a couple times where effort was pathetic and we checked out and the bench sucked, whatever. But the majority of these games, I was just reminded of the, I don't know if you saw the clip of the Jacques Vaughn timeout with KD and they're talking about, they're drawing up the Kyrie play. It's quite beautiful. But I was like, oh yeah, Kyrie won a, a walk-off against us. Like, you know, like we're so close to winning these games if our shooting does improve. And like, I mean, you could say that about everybody, but we missed so many wide open shots. And the game before it was... um somebody in the corner twice oh healed it was buddy like freddie buddy healed three freddie wide open dud buddy healed three game over same thing tonight it was like freddie in the corner dud and then uh i don't know aj whatever his name is or somebody else like oh it was um the other white guy there's so many white guys on their team uh the the uh baseball pitcher guy anyway he hits a three and it's like, you know, that's the difference right there. There's no other really difference in the gameplay other than one guy hits the wide open three and the other guy doesn't. Definitely. Speaking of one guy hitting a wide open three, I know I know Zarar wanted us to show this clip. Um, it goes to Zarar. Because of how wide open Grayson Allen is in this in this game winning bucket and how much pressure they sent Giannis. I will say this is a pretty unbelievable pass when you when you rewatch it. I didn't really take it in at the time. It's like a backhanded falling. He's he's almost hit the ground right on the money to Grayson Allen. So tough pass. Uh obviously Allen's way too open. But yeah, that that's the difference. And and also it affects everything. Like the shooting affects the defense, I think, because they have to play so much transition defense because all these like wide open threes that should go yep. in. Long they rebounds. Don't. It's a long rebound, yeah, and then team gets own transition. I think it also just teams now are game planning for the Raptors so easily because it's like we're not going to change our game plan until you hit some shots. So we just see teams completely cut off the paint and dare the Raptors to beat them from outside. And what was discouraging for me tonight was that nobody was like confident enough to take those shots even. Like Freddie well, obviously yeah. was the exception, but like OG, he's really lost confidence. Precious Achua, he he usually guys who are injured come back and they have confidence in their shot, if nothing else, because physically they're not great. But what's the one thing you can work on when you're injured is shooting. He he doesn't have confidence. Scotty doesn't have confidence. Boucher doesn't have confidence. So the whole team can't shoot the three or even the mid-range shot. 
And so it's just so easy to game plan them. And that's why I'm like, the only way they're coming out of this season, this slump is if they start hitting their shots. Yeah. And a couple of, it's gotten to the point now where there were several possessions where guys were wide open and they were making the extra pass. And that's ironic for a team who doesn't pass enough. Um, I think Pascal was guilty of one of those. And then somebody got, I think OG got blocked in the corner or something. Um, Yeah. It's, it's definitely pervading like their confidence and precious to me just looks like he's not comfortable with his body yet. Like he like shooting aside, like he just doesn't look like he's his sometimes when you haven't played for months, whatever, like you're like understanding of spatial awareness on the court is just totally frigged and you need like those reps. And that's kind of what he looks like. He looks like raw precious of Miami who just looked very uncomfortable again. But yeah, you got to find his rhythm. It, for sure. I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying. But yeah. defensively, you know, I think, first of all, he did a good job on Giannis tonight. Like, kudos to OG and Pascal. But also, I'm really tired of the scrambled jumping at guys thing. And, like, talking about figuring teams out, like, everybody knows. Like, it doesn't matter. It, like, you got to not close out on, or you got to close out on guys traditionally that aren't good shooters, right? Like you shouldn't be jumping at Javon Carter. You shouldn't mm-hmm. like maybe Bobby Portis. You should be jumping. I don't know, but like I, I'm kind, I'm really tired of that. I don't. I'm. I feel like this defensive scheme is just burning our players out, and it's not really being that effective anymore. Yeah, I don't want to do this defensive scheme conversation because it's like we're too late in the season to change it. They don't really have the personnel to play anything too traditional. Just just play um, straight up. But it works too, like in a game like this, like it works. It works when they're not hitting their threes and, and Milwaukee missed a buttload of threes. Yeah, for sure. But that's part right. of that that's part of the strategy. It's like take away Giannis and make them hit threes. I'm okay with that strategy. Giannis had 55 last night. Like I was watching that game and like they made him look human today. Whereas yeah. last night Giannis looked like a freaking Giannis is unbelievable. Quick, quickly. Like to me, he's still the best player in the league because Agreed. here's the thing, like Jokic and Luca and like, I'm not trying to make it a simplistic thing, but like passing is nice and all, but sometimes the relentless rim pressure that Giannis just puts on the rim every single possession to me that's just more meaningful than like being a great passer i just think that's that's just more important it it completely teams can't deal with him one-on-one at all and that's that's the difference for me yeah and and then the defense like he's to me he's the best defender in the league i don't like yeah when it matters just because just yeah just because he can play like an Embiid but he can also play out more than an Embiid can. Like he's so laterally quick and long. Um, best player in the league, I agree. Still, yeah. Um, I wanted to make a point, but I forget. Yeah. Again, like I'm at the point where I get what you're saying about being competitive and all that, and I totally think they could make a play-in game. But if that's your ceiling, and I guess that's what's changed for me is now I really think their ceiling is at best you're going to be in a play-in game and then play one of these amazing teams in the first round and lose. Yeah, and you're going to upset Brooklyn in the first round. I love it. I would like that too. 
or Philly, but I I'm at the point now where I'm like, let's restructure the roster. Let's get another high pick. And obviously you have to have conversations with your best guys if you want to do this, like OG and Pascal. And like, are they okay with this? Um I like how you said OG and Pascal leaving up Freddie, which insinuates you're trading Freddie. I don't know if they're trading Freddie or if I would trade Freddie, but definitely in the list of priorities of guys you want to resign, OG and Pascal are higher than Freddie based on the way he's played this season. There's yeah. just no No, I agree. Yeah, it's just it's unfortunate, but but Fred just hasn't been good enough to justify like making him your number one priority. So yeah, like it sucks, but at the same time, at a certain point, you have to say this is a generational draft and there's a few guys in it who could like legitimately. And and it's interesting going back to to like what Masai said at his season opening presser about just being like a team of the future and not rushing the process. And just like when you have that stuff in mind, it's like obviously they're underperforming what they wanted to do, but also it might not completely it might not completely change their approach in terms of maybe like everyone was on the same page going into this year about it being another year of development and slowly building, even if the outside, the fan perception was not that, you know, maybe the players don't think it's the end of the world if they have a losing season and run it back next year with a better roster. I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this team, I mean, it's been covered quite well by like guys like Grange and Bloomberg. Like this team is just in a very interesting spot, and I think a good one if you're a fan because like they're close, they're not, but they're like there's there's a projected future, and and I don't think we're that far off from that future becoming a reality. And yeah, I think real quick this team. Go ahead. Sorry, because I know you're a gambling man. I was listening to one of the Ringer pods with Sirit, Zoe, and um, Kyle J. Mann, and I thought they had a really good analogy where they were talking about the Raptors, and they said, like, in Blackjack, the Raptors have, like, a 16, and they don't know whether to hit or fold, you know, where it's, like, they're right on the edge, and they're not that far away, but they're also not that close. And the other point they made was, like, in that scenario the dealer has like an 18 or a 19 because the East is really, really good this year. And so the Raptors are just not in a good place right now. They're not that far away, but it's, there's no clear answer in terms of to go in or, or to go the other way. Not bad. I would say they're more at like a 14 or 15. Like, isn't a 14 an easy hit? What about, well, I mean, it depends what, it depends what the dealer showing. The dealer showing like, yeah, I mean, yeah. But you know, I've never I been to a casino. Oh, you're missing out. I know. I've, Vegas is worth the experience if you like to gamble and you just like drinking free drinks all night. Right? Everything else is over. Everything else is overrated. If you're if you're playing, they'll just keep. Oh wow! Playing. They'll just come to you. <laughs> We're That's fucking a ticket sick. Now. I thought you yeah. had to buy your drinks. Wow. Dude, sitting That's at a poker table for 14 hours, clocking free meals and free drinks is a dream. That does. But. That's for another time. Um, anyway, I think I would not be upset. I want some depth in youth, so I would not be upset doing what they did last year, which is they turned Norm into Gary, which or two years ago, which means they didn't really lose 
was it two years ago? No, it was yeah. last year. No, it was two, two years, years ago. Yeah. Man, time. They're like turn turn get, turn Freddie maybe into a like workable piece and a, and a younger guy as well and like create some depth because I think clearly the biggest problem I don't want to keep talking about trades but I think if you are going I think they can probably try and um, I feel like they can thread the needle of doing both things at once but maybe I'm yeah. overly optimistic. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just exhausted. This season has been exhausting. It's just like I know it. I know, but we have to carry the energy because if we don't, nobody else will. Who will? Who will? That's right. No, if it's not us. It was a good example of like what I mean. It's just like they go on these losing streaks, and it's like, okay, here comes the plug, right? And then it's like, no, we win against Phoenix. No, we win against whoever. And then a game like this, where I was like. Through three and a half quarters, I was like, yeah, this actually is going to be the game that breaks the Raptors. But then they show this real fight where it's like, if these guys really didn't like each other and didn't like playing together and didn't like their coach, they would have just dropped this game. They didn't. They fight and they they fight back. And then it's like, you know, it's just become so, so hard to like understand them because. Yeah, for every dud game or dud quarter, there's a great quarter that makes you really believe, and and that's just been the whole theme of this season. This great, this game was just a great encapsulation. I just don't understand how this team isn't last year. That's what I'm just very confused about, and and it's why I continue to ha- hold hope and won't pull the plug just yet. Is that I do think there's something wrong still with Freddie, like he there's just something about his body I don't understand. But he doesn't look like the dynamic athlete at his size and stature that he was last year. And I think that is one of the fundamental differences between this year and last year. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I'm just kind of confused. Yeah, it's confusing I, for sure. I think part of it really is that the East has gotten a lot better. Yeah, but we're In long, games we're, like the yeah, Pacers but... and the Nets, like they were just bad last year, and now they're good, and that makes things a lot harder for the Raptors, who are, you know, yeah, like who even if they were just as good, their record wouldn't show it, but they're definitely worse, and it's hard, uh, it's hard to figure out why for sure. Yeah. It's hard, yeah, especially because like guys are having better individual seasons in some cases, but what's I mean? Not in other cases. It's like you could argue Gary's had a better year. Oh, OG's sure having a better defensive year. Pascal's obviously elevated. At, uh, yeah. Yeah, but then um, Fred and Scotty haven't. So true. That brings it down. And and Boucher, guys like Boucher, he's been worse this year. Yeah. Um, Our bench has been horrific. Man, do you want to talk about that at all? I don't, is there anything to talk about? Um, One thing I I want to write about and and it was Zach Lowe was talking with uh, the Denver guy who's like really insightful and well-spoken, just kind of like us. Um, and they were talking about how bad Denver's bench is. And what they haven't done and what he proposed is that they haven't created an identity. Like, like they ran through like well-known benches in the past, you know, like the Lou Harrell team, even our bench mob um they mentioned somebody else like they had an identity you threw them out there you knew what you were running for eight to 16 minutes a game and 
we have the opposite. I don't know who the fuck's going to get played. I don't know how many minutes. I don't know who's ball handling. I don't know what starters are rotating in and out. It just changes every second. And, like, we've harped on this before, but, like, it's on Nurse to establish an identity with this this team, but specifically with this bench, and run it. And run it until, like, you really actually believe it's not going to work anymore. And even if you're plugging in pieces within that identity, like, if it's not Flynn tonight, it's Downton. Fine. But, like, show me something that is tangible that I know for these number of minutes we're going to be doing. Because right now it's it's chaos. Yeah. We talked about this last episode, but I, I agree. It's it's not clear. And that's the thing, too. It's like which starters are playing with which bench guys or which starters are playing with each other. That part is changing every day, which makes it really hard. Today, there was a huge stretch where Fred was the only starter playing and the other four were all on the bench. And I was so confused by it. It just didn't look good. It wasn't performing well. But Nick didn't really make an adjustment for a really long time. And um, that's also what I mean, though, when it like a restructuring, because I don't think there are very clear pairings in terms of like this guy and this guy go really well together. And then these two go really well together. And then, right, you know. And then you you shuffle the bench. And that's the thing, too, is like, I think the bench has way more talent than they've showed this year. I think we're a deeper team than everyone thinks. But in order to, like, showcase that talent, you have to put them in positions to succeed. And that means grouping the right starters together with the right bench players. And that that's where it's definitely on Nick, where it's like we're halfway through the season and nobody has any idea what's going on. So that stretch with Thaddeus Young when he was, like, playing well. It was because they ran him through the elbow and the post multiple times over and over again because they had no other option. And to, and it worked for the most part. And to me, it's a perfect example of A, what they could be running with Scotty, but B, that they could just be running with bench units. You know, like something yeah. that's dependable that they can just kind of run different variations off of. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, like Thad and cutters and shooters, basically. Um yeah. Yeah. And and Cheers. that's kind of where like Nick has always been worse as a coach than some of his predecessors where it's like it's just not a priority for him. Like he prioritizes the top end talent and he leans on those guys more than most coaches in the league. And he's never had like a bench mob, like a five man unit or anything like that. He's never even tried it. So again, it's probably too late in the season to try something like that right now, but Maybe. Um, Yeah. Unless we just pull the plug and then you can try whatever you want. Um, You want to do the Manscaped? Um, Let's do Taxman. Oh, switch it up. Yeah. Who do you want to give the Can-Am Taxman of the night to? I can't look at... Or I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think I'm... (laughs) think I'm going... I have to go with Gary, don't I? Probably. I mean, he had the biggest shot of the Red night. Red had 28 yeah. and 12. I mean, the numbers are good. I just don't think the eye test was that great. Yeah, he, he actually had a good game. I mean, what was his shooting... What was his field goal percentage, though? 8 of 23. Freddie was? Um, yeah. 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 Gary, uh, Gary so got... was Gary. <laughs> Yo, so explain to me this. Gary hits a three-pointer. 
He gets sacked by Grayson Allen. So he gets the flag run, but shouldn't he get an N one free throw as well? Yeah, didn't he get two? No, I think he only shot one. Yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, but, I uh, think you get uh Canem Taxman if you get sacked and get an N13. That's true. Gary Trent Jr., Canem Taxman of the night. Go to canemtax.com or call the number at the top of the screen. And they're going to help you with their taxes because tax season's coming right up. And uh, they're they're your best option, way better than TurboTax or one of those free ones online. They'll actually get you the money back you deserve. So go to canemtax.com, Gary Trent Jr. All right. I think that's good. Uh, ready to get out of here? Sure. All right. You don't feel very well. I don't feel very great. I got to get what's it's it a flu game. rest it's and a flu recover. R&R. R&R. Yeah, R&R is rest and relaxation, but for you, it can be recovery. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Sure. All right. All right, well, uh, uh, Friday. We play Friday? Friday. Yeah, yeah. We play the New York Knicks. Ooh, the Knickerbockers. New York Knickerbockers. So we'll be back then. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks to our podcast listeners for listening. And uh, yeah, like, comment, subscribe. We appreciate it all the love and we'll be back Friday night. Good night.